0: I'm Sam Kelly, and this is Threads of Commonality, where we lift the veil on the world issues that unite us like a thread weaving us together, keeping the conversations going that are vital to the health of our planet, animals, and our collective well-being. Meet everyday people making a difference in their communities, learn about what unites us, and discover ways to change the world. Together, we are powerful. Real conversations with real people. Welcome to Threads of Commonality. I'm your host, Sam Kelly. Our guest today is Carla Dumas. She's a nutritionist and works for the Humane Society of the United States, developing plant-based menus for school cafeterias. She's also founder of a farm animal sanctuary in Florida. She and her husband, Jody, care for dozens of cows, pigs, goats, chickens, and more at their little piece of paradise, Yes It Can sanctuary. Welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Yesican and and your story today because we actually met um through Yesican. And it was in I think 2017, um we had just bought our house and needed a lawnmower. This is crazy. Um we had just bought our house, we needed a lawnmower. So I went on Craigslist and in the lawn and garden section, there was a cow. Uh for sale for slaughter, um, or I guess, you know, being a lawnmower, quote, lawnmower. And, uh, and I, and the description said, you know, she won't breed or something like that. And so, you know, selling her for slaughter. And I, and I was just shocked and kept looking at the advertisement and I, I moved forward and found a lawnmower, but I could not stop thinking about this poor cow and so i talked to my uh spouse and we decided that it would be okay to rescue her and he said well sam what are you going to do with this cow and how are you going to get her anywhere you know we live in a little house and you drive a prius and what are we doing here (laughs) and uh, i just said you know what it's going to happen so I talked to the guy. He agreed to, you know, let me have her. And I said, all right, I need, set a, you know, about a week to find a rescue. And, and somehow you and I got connected. And Elizabeth, we, we named her Elizabeth, right? She lives at yes, it Can with you. But you had just become a, a sanctuary then, right? Yeah, well, we had actually just moved to DeSoto County
1: shortly before that, and we were not even technically a 501c3 nonprofit yet. We had the intentions of moving in that direction, but at that time, um, and truly the reason that we even moved to DeSoto County from Sarasota County was to get more property just to rescue more animals, not necessarily thinking about moving in an organized fashion. To have a nonprofit, and um, you know, it turned out that we were able to take in Elizabeth, and she's still there, and she now has a lot of friends uh, that she makes within the pasture. Uh, and we are—we became an official nonprofit in January of two thousand eighteen.
0: So shortly after Elizabeth arrived. So I am just so grateful for you guys for taking Elizabeth. Um, I'm a city girl, but just being able to come out and visit you and see that she is is safe and happy. And that was a very interesting experience with the guy, with the rancher that had her. He really thought I was insane, but <laughs> especially when I told him we named her Elizabeth, he just kind of got a good chuckle out of that. But um, I, I, I'm hoping maybe it introduced him to a different way of thinking, even just a little bit. So um, tell me about Yes, I can. And that's an interesting name, right? I mean, it, it it's like, yes, you can. And it's Yes, I can. Um, did it already have that name? What was it like when you started the sanctuary? Talk about that process.
1: Yeah, this, this is something that we get a lot of questions about for sure with the name and as I had mentioned like when we moved out to DeSoto County we weren't even necessarily thinking of doing anything to organize when it comes to actually even opening a sanctuary. Um, I just knew I wanted to help as many animals as possible. Um, We've always been really involved in rescuing and fostering dogs and cats. And then um, a year before moving to DeSoto County, we rescued our first chicken. Um, uh, She was, her name, and she came with the name Lady Gaga. So she was actually what is considered a broiler or, or a chicken raised for meat. And so they're, you know, certainly red to grow really quickly and um, sadly don't live that long but we gave her a home and that kind of started the idea of thinking wow but well, we can we can rescue more than dogs and cats so we purchased property out in desoto county and it used to be a small ranch and the ranch was called yes I can ranch so there was branding and different names so we really thought about the idea that if we are gonna move in the direction of a sanctuary and since this there was some history to this particular property that we bought, we love the idea of saying, yes, I can. So that's truly the meaning yeah. behind it. So yes, I can help as many animals as possible. Um, yes, I can give them the best life. So that's kind of our, our mantra and the background to, to why we decided to call it Yes, I Can Sanctuary.
0: Can you just tell us a little bit about um the sanctuary itself. I, I mean, I've been out there. It's it's. I described it as a paradise in the beginning because it really is. It's just a beautiful piece of property. And and talk. Let's talk about what it looks like and the animals and where they are. Just tell us a little bit about about Yessican and the feel out there.
1: Yeah. Well. Well. Thank you. First of all, I I consider it a paradise as well. So it's great to hear that others that have been there feel the same way. Uh, I feel like it's a little piece of tranquility and really when you arrive on the property we are pretty heavily forested. So we have a lot of different trees around on the property itself. We have 10 acres and it's all fenced. And then we have smaller cross fence pasture areas. So really the important thing for the various pastures in the areas where our residents are is because we are in Florida and we all know it's very hot, very humid, and that can impact everyone, not just us, but also the animals that are out there. So we want to make sure there's a lot of shade, a lot of areas for cooling off. So we make that a priority, uh, with that. And then when you go beyond those pastures, kind of where the residence is, we have various areas for our chickens, our roosters, our ducks, um, there's a couple different ponds there. And then we have smaller, uh, pigs like potbelly pigs and we do have a couple feral pigs as well Um, so they kind of have the run of that area and then we have an even larger grazing pasture where our cows and horses and donkey are free to roam around so just like the other pastures those are a lot of different trees and water areas plentiful amounts of shade to make sure everyone's cool and has areas when it does rain that they can uh, be safe and stay dry as well
0: do you have a favorite animal out there favorite resident i mean they they can't hear you right now right so you can share they won't get their feelings hurt do you have a favorite
1: you know i um i get that question a lot and i have given a lot of thought i have some some of the residents, you know, have gone through some pretty horrendous situations or have come to us critically ill. So just because of those particular situations, I've had to spend numerous amounts of time and even like nights out in the stalls with them to make sure they were okay. So, um, you know, there's there's certainly a couple that I hold very, very Close to my heart, like Owen. Um, happy to share a little bit about that. Or most recently, um, Gabriel. Those two are two of our pig residents. And then Gus and Theo are are. Um, they came from a dairy in Vermont, and they're. They were bull calves, but now they're steers, and they're, they just celebrated the, their year birthday, but they were very sick when they came to us as well. So, um, you know, certainly that, but truly I can't say that I have a favorite because they're all so unique and special. I feel like I'm a parent talking about my, my children, right? Like, <laughs> there's different reasons why um, you love them and it's no different, truly
0: so carla in this segment i want to talk more about the animal the residents excuse me the residents and uh their stories and i, I do have a couple of questions in the beginning you mentioned lady gaga she's one of your chickens that's there that uh, yes it can and when you were talking about her, she was your first rescue uh, of a farm animal. And to your point, there are a lot of dog and cat rescues. You know, there's there's animals that we consider, quote, pets or companion animals. And there's a lot of rescues for those animals, but fewer rescues for farm animals because we tend to think of farm animals in society a little differently, especially, you know, at least here in the United States. So so you, you decided a farm animal sanctuary to. F- to try to fit that need. And you start, and it started because of Lady Gaga. And you mentioned that she's a broiler. She was a broiler chicken. Can you talk more about that? Because I'm thinking some people might not know what a broiler chicken is. Yeah, I'm happy to.
1: And thank you for bringing this up. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. The reason that we created a farm sanctuary was to help make the connection for the animals that are considered to be you know commodities in a gen even a very general sense uh, used and raised for consumption and they truly are no different than the dogs and cats that we share our homes with. And so the sanctuary gives people in the community and from hopefully all over the opportunity to really make that connection. I think a lot of us don't, I I know myself until we decided to do this, I didn't have a huge amount of interactions with farmed animals at all growing up. Um, So this gives, everyone the opportunity to interact with animals in as much of a natural setting as possible and to truly make that connection that these are beautiful sentient beings um, that are, again, no different than the animals that we're sharing our homes with here. So going back to the story with Lady Gaga, so we um, ended up getting her, someone had rescued her from a pretty dire situation and could no longer care for her. So we said, of course, you know, we'll we'll take her on and provide her the best care as possible. So in the animal agriculture industry, birds that are raised for their meat, chickens that are raised for their meat, are called broiler chickens. And they have, over time, been modified to grow at a very, very rapid rate. Um, Because the quicker they grow, the less amount of time that The farmers are going to need to feed them and care for them, and um, they go to get processed at a much quicker rate. So with that comes along a lot of health issues, just as you would expect um, when thinking about obesity in general, um, lack of mobility, heart problems, many issues related to that. So because of that, they don't live as long as other chickens may be because of those issues. But when we rescued Lady Gaga, I, I think it truly made a, um, a, a big connection for me in terms of like just seeing her be able to scratch and peck and take her dirt baths. Um, You know, they, Mm. she had a personality and then we rescued a few other hens and, um, you know, seeing them interact as well. It's like, it's, they created a flock and they had, uh, you know, interesting, it was just so fun to watch them interact in a way that they should be able to do. So that's really what motivated us to say, you know what, we can, We can try and do this on a larger scale, but we also know that we cannot rescue all of the farmed animals in need. Like all of the farm sanctuaries throughout the country and the world can't do that because, um, you know, over nine billion land animals are raised every year just in the United States for consumption. Nine billion. Like when I think about that number, it just blows my mind.
0: yeah, it's hard to even wrap your brain around. And those animals that are raised are not, from what I understand, it's not like they're living their short lives at Yesican, where they can be, uh, where they can have all their natural behaviors and join flocks and form their communities and and um, you know behave naturally. They can't do that. So we're talking nine billion animals that are in their short lives, living just horrific lives, right? I mean, not able to express the natural behaviors that are inside of them. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You you think about that number 9 billion um, and, you know, 99% of those animals and animals that are raised for food are coming from these confined animal feeding operations. Or um, I think, I, yes, I may have referred to them as like, Factory farming, uh, where they're truly considered a commodity, not a a being that feels just like us. And they do. They may express their feelings in a different way, but they very much feel pain, happiness, you know, express that. And, you know, what you were talking about, like in the instance of Lady Gaga, um, meat birds are generally packed into these large enclosed barn facilities where they'll never see the light of day. There's so many in there. The smell of ammonia just like hits you. And, and a lot of times they're laying in their own excrement because they can't get up because they're growing so at such a rapid rate. And the excrement burns their skin. Um, you know, they'll have broken bones and just can't get around. So if they're not found quick enough, like they will literally starve to death. And then of course, we know the ultimate outcome of that as well, or like, egg-laying hens. We have um, a couple, Sia and Carrie Underwood. We carried on the um, musical names uh, in in memory of Lady Gaga for all of our poultry and waterfowl that are are with us. Um, But they are the type of chickens that are generally egg-laying hens. And for majority of the egg-laying hens, where our eggs come from in the grocery store, uh, there's, you know, six to eight hens crammed in small cages where they can't even extend their wings or roost, like natural abilities. I mean, much less think about dust bathing or scratching around, you know, pecking in that way. They can't even move their wings in that instance. And, you know, we think about, well, Hmm. there's local farms or there's higher humane standards. Yes, there are higher standards at small amount of farms, are able to follow through. But even the term local, um, you know, and I'm certainly a proponent for promoting local businesses and absolutely, but when it comes to animal agriculture, local does not equate to humane and um i can give you an example more recently we participated in a large-scale rescue in fort
0: myers yeah i'm glad you brought that up this is with gabriel right i've followed on your website and i really want you to get his story out there because that is local and that was a small farm but it was still a really bad situation, right? And, and I'm, I'm hearing the things you're saying as you're describing these conditions, and it's one thing to just read about what's happened, but you've seen it. So can you describe um, Gabriel's situation? Can you tell Gabriel's story?
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, as I mentioned, so we were part of a large-scale rescue, and we were – Actually, brought in last minute because there ended up being a lot more animals that needed to be taken off of the property that day than originally anticipated. So this was something that had been in the works for several years. There was a small farm illegal kind of backyard butcher is what they call what it was called in the Fort Myers area. And um, there had been a lot of notifications about some neglect and cruelty going on. And um, in that instance, so farm sanctuary, which is the largest sanctuary, a farm animal sanctuary in the country was involved along with the Animal Legal Defense Fund and then uh, one protest, as well as a handful of other local uh, Florida farm sanctuaries. And they worked with law enforcement to go in on this particular day in April. It was actually Earth Day, I remember that. <laughs> um, and we were called that morning because we, were able to bring our trailer down there to help with the animals. And we were, when we received the call, it was told about a pig that they were not sure was able to even get up. But that we would do what we could to get there, so when we arrived, literally it looked like uh. any Florida home i mean you wouldn 't necessarily know the horrors of what was going on just by looking on the outside, so we were met with uh, by the law enforcement there, and we were guided back. We went to see the pig who is now named Gabriel. Um, we went to go see him and uh, Where he was, it was, if you can imagine, it was a concrete building and he had no access to grass. He had no access to sunlight. He had no access to even water. (laughs) Um, He was laying in his own urine and feces. And the food, there was a trough on the other side of where he was and it had rotting produce in there and i don't know the last time he had been fed um he did have a water bucket but it was completely dry so when i came up to him and and i very much remember going in to see him there was music blasting like people all around basically it was like he wasn't even there and Uh. i immediately i brought some produce because figured you know just like humans uh, pigs and other animals are very food motivated <laughs> in that way he acted like he wanted to eat the banana but physically could not do it like he could not get up um, the stench and the flies that were around him um, if my adrenaline had not been going and it, if i wasn't as laser focused in what we our mission was that day like just really taking in the surroundings and the gravity of the situation, I probably would have broken down like in terms of what was happening. So we had a group of people that were able to, um, we put some straps around Gabriel and kind of help get him up into the trailer. He was not able to physically walk. on his own to make that happen. But we were able to get him out of that particular area. And then there were, I think, probably close to 80 hens and ducks and roosters that we needed to help as well. Um, And again, you know, what we just described about the battery cages and the hens being crammed in there this was a small farm and they were doing that exact same thing.
0: Yeah. I saw some of the pictures and, and it was really disturbing to me too, to just the fact that, you know, everyone was carrying on there. Like it was just another day while these animals were just suffering in plain sight just shows you that disconnect of, of how we view these living beings with their own personalities and their own feelings and their own lives. Uh, they're viewed as almost like a tennis shoe or a shirt and we're talking about living breathing feeling beings and that's that's the hardest part and I you know I have my different theories about why this is happening and I but I think it's we're just so disconnected. Hundred years ago, people knew where their food came from, where their where everything they were purchasing came from. And it's not like that anymore. And that allows this th- this disconnect allows really, really bad things to happen. And and these animals aren't named. I mean, you named Gabriel, but G- he wasn't Gabriel there. He was just the pig or a number like Elizabeth. She had a number. And I remember when we told the rancher that we named her Elizabeth, he just looked at us like we were crazy because we see them as living beings, their own individual selves, but it's easier for the industry to see, to count them as a number but to see them as a number because when you see someone as just a number there aren't any feelings attached there it's it's easier to distance yourself and and do these horrific things but you can't do that when they have a name and so you named gabriel
1: we did name gabriel and i think going to that i mean certainly i'm convinced that the majority of people are good people and are horrified and would be horrified if really truly knowing what happened before that steak got to your plate or that that omelet got to your plate like and and i think that's the success of the industrial animal agriculture industry is that that's so hidden and away from what most people are even thinking about with that
0: you know and yeah I mean the labels also happy animals you know exactly happy, uh, happy cows on the milk and you know cage free and organic and free range. I mean there's all these happy feeling pictures and words that are that the industry strategically uses to make consumers feel comfortable with all of this but If we really got into like we are here what's really going on even from a small neighborhood farm to you know the large-scale industry there's a lot hidden from the general public that needs to be brought out and and i agree with you i think if people really knew what was going on they would make different choices Okay, in this last segment, Carla, I wanna I wanna end on a positive note. I wanna first of all ask you how you stay so positive because you have such a positive personality and and always happy. And I, I wanna find out how you do that because what you do and the things you see could potentially really affect you and affect anyone. And I want to hear the rest of Gabriel's story. I'm curious to hear how he is, is now. So if you could just tell me how you stay positive and and tell us all what's going on with Gabriel now, that would be awesome.
1: Sure. Well, thanks. Well, I think if you asked my husband, Jody, he might say a little different in terms of being positive all the time, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, certainly what we do and and why I stay so motivated and focused on this is because for us individually with the sanctuary we are like i'm i've seen so many transformations from the residents that when they first arrive to how they are now and to be able to provide a a home where they are no longer afraid. Uh, They have the freedom to basically do whatever they want (laughs) and just be is so beautiful to see. Um, And for me, I feel like it's a stress reliever as well. Um, You know, and then in the larger scale of why we're even doing what we do is to bring awareness to the to the residents that are on our property and be an area where community and like individuals like yourself can come and truly feel this paradise and just feel relaxed and be back in nature and making that connection to the animals because we as i mentioned earlier we can't rescue every farm animal but what every single person can do is makes really positive choices with the their food choices every single day and by reducing the amount of animal products that you're consuming you are single-handedly helping to reduce the amount of you know going back to that nine billion number you're able to reduce that number you're able to reduce that suffering. So not everyone has to operate a farm animal sanctuary, and I wouldn't even necessarily recommend it for everyone because it is a lot of work. (laughs) Um, But how wonderful it is knowing and empowering, right? That you can make a difference. And that is truly our hope is to help people and um, motivate others by using the residents to make those positive changes in their life.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely going out and visiting you and making that connection and seeing firsthand how each each resident, each animal at Yessican has his or her own personality and interests and temperament. And um, I, I think really helps people see the individuality of, of, quote, farmed animals. Because I think if you ask anybody about dogs or cats, they will tell you and and humans recognize that dogs and cats, each have their own personality, um, because we spend so much time with them, we get to know them and see, yes, they are each their own unique being. Uh, but we're removed from farmed animals, so we don't necessarily see that. But if we did spend some time, we would see that they are the same. And you're right. It's, it can be overwhelming. Uh, you can't go out and rescue every single cow, pig, chicken, duck. But simply by leaving them off your plate, you're saving them. I mean, that, that's the, the most direct and easiest way to rescue is to just not be part of the reason that they're killed. They're raised and killed Absolutely. or slaughtered. So it's it's a really easy solution. And and I've been vegan now for 12 years. And I or 12 years ago when I went vegan, it wasn't so easy. I mean, it was really hard to find things that were vegan, but oh my goodness, today, 2020, I mean this year, 2020, it's so easy. There's websites and coaches and everything is just fabulous it's delicious food it's very healthy good for our bodies good for the planet which we haven't even talked about yet but um definitely good for the animals and an easy way to save them so i guess that's a positive right saving them like you're doing and then each one of us can do our part and 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 save them by by you know choosing to eat fewer animals basically you know choose more plant-based food options
1: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the positive that I see. And I think a lot of times with all of the, if you start thinking about like all of the problems of the world and the issues there, like it can be overwhelming. And when you single this particular issue out, it's like so empowering to know that you can we make a change every single day, and whether I mean there's so many reasons, as you mentioned, from a health perspective, the environment, um, definitely for the animals, and you know even talking about what we're dealing with right now with the pandemic. Um, some research, actually from the Good Food Institute, has said that since COVID, so just a few months back it's reported that 25% more people are choosing plant-based because of the pandemic. So, you know, it's so encouraging. I mean, obviously we're going through so much tragedy here in thinking about it, but if there is a small silver lining to what's going on, it's, you know, the. It's raising some more awareness into our broken food system and the issues around the environment and even just raising awareness about the inequalities that happen with the employees at, uh, you know, the processing plants and slaughterhouses like There's so many reasons to not support an industry that thrives on cruelty. And now is the time I feel like as you mentioned, like going to DeSoto county which is in arcadia a small rural town our grocery store has i feel like every time i go in there has more and more vegan options um available and it's like you mentioned there's Do internet searches. There's cookbooks. Uh, We just actually did our first virtual cooking class that benefited the sanctuary last month and we're planning to do another one in October that you can cook along with a chef that is showcasing three different uh, completely plant based recipes. So it's a fun way to support the sanctuary and try out some new uh, vegan options
0: awesome. And I'll put all this in in the blog post so anyone listening can go and actually see it in print and click okay. the links and all that. But uh tell I tell us about Gabriel now. Oh, right, I mean, right, how, right. how is Gabriel doing now? So, so yeah, so the
1: day that we actually got Gabriel, um one of our amazing veterinarians met us there. She just happened to be in Fort Myers and was like, "Hey, I'll help, you know, if there's any situations which was amazing because, as I mentioned, Gabriel was not in a good condition. He was very, very ill beyond not being able to walk. Um, He had a fever, and he needed immediate treatment. So we were able to take him immediately to our clinic, our veterinary clinic, where they kept watch over him overnight. And then I would say, honestly, it's been about a four-month process to get him healthy. There were times in the first couple weeks that we had him I was not sure he was going to make it. He had such bad respiratory issues that we actually had to have him on a nebulizer treatment Mm -hmm. where we would be giving him a treatment every two to three hours for uh, about a four-day period. And that was truly, I think, the life-saving treatment that was able to pull him through. And we just integrated him in with some of the other pig residents two weeks ago. Uh, so he has he has been kind of on his own for the last four months. We wanted to make sure that number one, he was healthy, but also that he was not going to um, spread any kind of bacteria or viruses to the other residents. We want to make sure that everyone is safe. And he it was so, beautiful to see him go into the pasture where he is because he made a beeline for the pond. I, he'd Aww. never been in a pond before, and he just like went in, and it was really funny. Um, I mean, in the in, in the actual situation it was a little scary because he was so excited being in the pond and not realizing that it's going to get deep that he started going into the middle and Jody actually had to go in and guide him back to the edge to make sure he he was okay we were just worried I mean pigs can swim and they enjoy that but just Gabriel not really knowing what was going on we wanted to make sure he was okay and so now he just stays on the outer banks of the pond there but yeah I mean, he just, to see him interact with the other animals and um, just be in a natural setting like that, it's just amazing to think that where he came from and what his original fate was going to be, and to see him now be able to live out his natural life on the sanctuary. And, um, you know, with that particular situation, he has so many followers and people really watching his story that he has so many champions that are in the community as well. And and I, I would also like to say too, I mean, us being a relatively new sanctuary, as well as being um, smaller and not necessarily having a huge presence, like We, I'm blown away by the amount of Community support, uh, whether it's through volunteers or donations, um, you know, whether it's items, we have a Amazon wish list and other items that we need. Like, I never expected that. Like, we have volunteers every single weekend, which is incredible because it is a lot of work, but it's also an opportunity to again be outside, interacting with the various residents and helping make a difference too. So, uh, I mean, we we could not do what we do without the support of our community.
0: Yeah, and being part of the volunteer days and going out and helping, it really doesn't feel like work. I mean, it's such a wonderful, peaceful place. I highly encourage everyone that's listening to check you out and um, reach out to you and find out how they can get involved and how they can come out and, and visit because it really is just – it's restorative. I mean, it, it makes you feel good. You're, you're, you're helping the animals, of course, and you're getting to know them, but you're also building back into yourself. It's such a positive, um, wonderful place. It's so relaxing. And just one more time, website facebook page and how you know talk about what you need i mean you've got people that are listening can help as well not just with time but what do you need what's what are some things that you absolutely need so
1: yeah i think sam so it's yes i can y-e-s-a-h-c-a-n sanctuary.org and so that'll be the same for facebook as well as instagram um and you know certainly having volunteers um everything going on with the pandemic, we have to be a little more strategic about that. But being that our volunteer opportunities are outside, that mm-hmm. we certainly can socially distance with that. So we're, we're still um, moving forward with volunteers right now. And, um, you know, also recognizing that there are a lot of financial challenges during this time too. If you're not able to donate financially, we're always looking for, um, you know, Whether it's plastic pools or dog beds, um, towels, blankets, any kind of goodies like that. Um, And then, you know, certainly if there's anything when it comes to Fundraising opportunities, like w- one thing right now, and I guess I can talk about this if you'd like me to sure. um, put a plea out. We would love to do some sunset yoga with the <gasps> residents. So if there's any yoga instructors <laughs> that wanna, oh, that would be, be so fun. <laughs> that's one thing um, we were and the animals will be yeah. with you
0: when you're doing yeah, yoga. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's certainly just trying to think of opportunities, whether it's virtually or, you know, right now where you can still be socially distant and uh, interact with the animals and and be on the property. So uh, we hope to have even more events coming up in the future that please be sure to to follow our social media because we'll update you on everything there.
0: Well, Carla, thank you for everything that you do. And I'm so glad that we got connected. I just love being part of Yes, I Can. And I really enjoy getting the story out and uh So that everybody can hear and people can go to your website and and read more about your residents and and see their stories and at some point possibly even sponsor one of the residents which would be great because then you know you can feel like you're even more connected to them so that's awesome i'm really grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to be on the podcast here with me having this conversation and i look forward to doing it again
1: well, thank you so much. And I must say, so um, <laughs> I listen to podcasts when I do my animal chores in the morning. So I usually uh, getting up and doing chores about like two hours before I go to my my paid job. And it's such an, like I put my phone on speaker and listen to po- various podcasts as well. So I've been really enjoying your podcast oh, um, during <laughs> that time. And it's an honor to be part of this and uh, you know we have Yesaquin Sanctuary to thank for even connecting us. So it's I feel so fortunate to
0: to be connected
1: to you and uh, everything that you do.
0: Well, thank you so much. I really enjoy hearing that. My goal is to get all these stories out. There's so many people doing awesome things and and we're all connected. You know, we all have these things in common. And I'm really excited for more people to come out to Yes, I Can and meet all the animals and, and just start thinking about our choices in life. I think that's really important because we, we do make more of an impact than we think. And it's easy to make a difference. We don't have to go out and do anything super courageous and crazy. I mean, there's little things that we can do that really really have a big impact and I think that's just awesome so all right well thank you get back to work and, (laughs) and do your thing and we'll see you soon thank you so much all right thank you That wraps up this episode of Threads of Commonality. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found some common threads and enjoyed listening. Please remember to click the subscribe button, share, and find us at threadsofcommonality.com. I'm your host, Sam Kelly. Remember to keep the conversations going.